0: What's going on, 9 a.m.? How you guys doing this morning? You guys doing good? (laughs) Welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is TJ. I'm one of the pastors here. And can you help me welcome everybody that's joining with us online right now, man? We love you guys. We miss seeing you at church. Glad you're joining with us this morning. Uh, before we dive into today, just a couple of things for you guys here. Uh, on every single one of your seats is a book that looks like this. We are getting ready to start our new Connect Group semester here at church. And if you want to know the heart and soul of our church, it really isn't here on the weekend. It's what happens during the weeks and how we get connected and do life together. And so we want to encourage you. Uh, you can go online and check that out. They'll put a link in in the, the page there. But... um. This is a great opportunity for us. There's signups out there. You can look through here and find a good connect group for the summer. We'd love for you to get connected and do live together with some people here at church. Also, uh, like it said on the announcement video, we have our groundbreaking taking place today at five o'clock and... Uh, it's exciting for us. You know, this is something that God talked to us about uh, back in 2019, and we're getting to see the fruition of that. And so we'd love for you to join us here this afternoon for that. If you're at home, I encourage you to put some clothes on and come on out for that. You can social distance it's outside. It'll be great. Uh, with that, we also announced over the last couple of weeks, we have our Lighthouse Point location that we're going to be launching this fall. And so a lot of things going on here at church. With all of those things, though, next weekend, everybody say next weekend. Next weekend we have a, a legacy offering which helps us ha- make the vision go farther faster and we've been asking you not to give next weekend. What we've been asking you to do over the last couple of weeks is we've asked you to grab that envelope that's on your chair or and, and go home and pray as a family and say, God, how would you want our family to be a part of what you're doing in my church? And, and whatever God says to you, we just ask that you'd be obedient to that next weekend and we believe that God will do immeasurably more than all we can ask, think, or imagine according to his power that is working within us. Now here's the key, he's working within us. So you gotta let him do that work. And I believe that he'll do everything that needs to happen to go ahead and reach more and more people for Jesus Christ, because that's what it is all about. But today we are beginning a brand new series and it is called Psalm 23. And I'm excited to spend some time over the next couple of weeks in this book. And this is one of those books of the, or this is one of those chapters in the Bible that is actually one of the most popular chapters that are out there. Most people have this written in their home or they've, they've heard this predominantly at a place like a funeral. Uh, for some reason, it's associated with, with death, but I would actually submit to you that it has more life in it than it does death. In fact, I believe that Psalm 23 is one of the most life-giving chapters of the Bible if we'll really understand what is taking place here. And so anytime i I start studying the Bible, there are some things that I want to know. There's some some background things that I wanna understand as I'm reading the scripture so I get a context of what's happening. And so I think it's important for us to know who wrote Psalm 23. Now, not all the Psalms are written by the same person. The majority are written by one person, which Psalm 23 was written by, and that's David. Now, David was the youngest of eight brothers. Uh, He was from this town called Bethlehem. He's most famous famous for killing a giant named Goliath. But while he was a young boy, he was anointed to be the future king of Israel. And so he has some heroic epic battles that he becomes a hero with. And later on in life, he becomes the king of Israel. And while he's the king of Israel, um, he he goes through a lot of different things. And most people would assume that that Psalm 23 is actually written when he was a shepherd boy out with the sheep at a young age. But the context of Psalm 23, scholars actually believe he was much later in his life. In fact, they believe it was in a season where his son Absalom had had gone and kind of done a coup with the the kingdom of Israel. And so they're in civil war, they're in family strife. And David is actually on the run for his life in this season, and he's actually filled with, with abandonment, with anxiety, with this unknown. And so, the context of this scripture is, is, is he's in this season that is filled with all kinds of anxiety and all kinds of unknown. And so, what's happening is, is it kind of sounds like our last year here in America, doesn't it? Like uh, upheaval, you know, uh, economic turmoil. People are pitted against one another. We're, we're having all kinds of issues. There's anxiety, there's fear, there's lots of unknown that is. Out there, and there has never been a time in the history of man that we needed Psalm 23 more than we do right now. And the purpose of Psalm 23 in your notes, there, if you want to write it down, the purpose of Psalm 23 is Psalm 23 positions us to have strength in the midst of our struggle, it positions us to have strength. In the midst of our struggle, so I don't know what your struggle is today. I don't know if you're having a relational struggle. If you're having relational struggle, Psalm 23 is for you. If you're having financial struggle, Psalm 23 is for you. If you're having anxiety and fear and addiction, Psalm 23 is for you. Psalm 23. is for all of us and we all need this Psalm in our life. And so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna read uh, the six verses of Psalm 23, then we're gonna dive in here and we're gonna learn something from God's word. It says this, starting in verse one, "'The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. "'He, leads, he makes me lie down in greed pastures. "'He leads me beside quiet waters. "'He refreshes my soul. "'He guides me along the right path for his name's sake.'" Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. It's a great psalm. And we're going to go back to, to verse one. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack Nothing. And there's something that you need to get here today. There's something that you need to know personally for your life. And that is this is that we have a good shepherd. You need to understand that that you and I, we have a good shepherd. In fact, I want you to say, I have a good shepherd here on the count of three. One, two, three. I have a good shepherd. Yeah. Some of y'all are a little off there. We'll get some rhythm here eventually. But I have a good shepherd. It's important for us to, to recognize and realize this. Now, what's interesting about that is we don't really get shepherding today. So when he says, I have a good shepherd, like when he says, the Lord is my shepherd, we don't understand the context of that. It's not like anybody is going to the admissions office at FAU and looking for a degree in shepherding. Like they're not offering that. That is not an option that's out there. It's just not a, pro, a profession that we really embrace here in America today. But David compared, the Lord to a shepherd because he had a lot of experience in that field. Like he understood shepherding because being the youngest of eight brothers, the youngest always got stuck with the worst job. And so his brothers did not want to shepherd the sheep. So he sent, they sent him out into the fields. And so he was out there caring for the sheep, making sure they're going to good pastures. He was actually a great shepherd. Uh, and, And so he was out there and and the Bible says that at one point, a lion and a bear come to attack the sheep. In 1 Samuel chapter 17, it says, but David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep when a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock. Now, I don't know what city you're living in, but if a lion or a bear shows up at my house, I'm out of that city. Anybody else with me? That's why we live in Parkland. There ain't no lions and bears showing up here. If there were, there wouldn't be the growth that we're having. I'm just going to tell you that right now. So a lion and a bear showed up, and look at what David did because he understood the role of a shepherd. He says, I went after it and struck it and rescued it from the sheep, rescued the sheep from its mouth. Why? Because David is savage right here. Like, Remember what it is. This is the lion. I don't know if you've seen a lion before, but they're not small. Bears are not small. They all have teeth. They have claws. I mean, that's crazy. It says, when it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, and I struck it, and I killed it. You don't mess with David, because David is a bad man. Like, I don't know about you, but when I think of shepherds, I think of guys in like white robes, Kind of feminine, you know, not like real tough. (laughs) But David, obviously, he was a bad man. Like, he was a tough dude. The difference between David the shepherd and TJ the shepherd, if a lion or a bear shows up with me, I'm like, how many sheep would you like? One? Two? Like, like like, I just, like, what I know is that I don't have to be, uh, I, I don't have to be like faster than a lion or a bear. All I know is I have to be faster than one of those sheep, right? That's all that I know that I have to be. Like, I'm protecting myself. But, but David understood the responsibility of a shepherd. J- David knew that the responsibility of handling the sheep had little to do with the sheep and everything to do with the character of the shepherd. And that's important for us to recognize and realize it's about the character of the shepherd. What he's telling us is that no matter what we're going through in life, we have a shepherd in our life that is good, that he is caring, that he is willing to get involved in any situation that we're going through in life. Even if you're in, you feel like you're in the mouth of a lion or a bear today, we have a good shepherd that will run up into the middle of it, grab that, that thing off your life and rescue you if you'll allow him to. And so in the midst of turmoil and anxiety, David writes in Psalm 23, 1, the Lord is my shepherd. That word my there is so important. He could have said the Lord is the shepherd or the Lord a shepherd, which both would have been accurate descriptions. But instead he says, you know what? The Lord, my shepherd, meaning that there, there is this personal thing that God wants to have with you. Yeah. See, we serve a personal God who desires a personal relationship with each and every one of us. Right. Like God is not up there in heaven going, you know what? I just really want to get people into religion. That's my goal. I wanna get them so overwhelmed with rules and regulations. In fact, if that is your perception of God, then you'll think that all we want from you as a church is we just want you to give, we just want you to serve, we just want you to do all these things. And the goal of our church is not to actually get you to do any of those things. The goal of our church is to get you to recognize that there is a real authentic God that wants to know you personally on a daily basis. Like He wants a personal relationship with you. Why? Because he is a personal God. That is why he is my shepherd. That's why he's a good shepherd. In fact, Charles Spurgeon wrote this. He said, a sheep is an object of property, not a wild animal. Its owner sets great store by it and frequently is bought with a great price. Costa, let me remind you that you have been purchased by a great price. Like God so loved you so much and because he is such a good shepherd, he said, man, I will, I will sacrifice the ultimate sheep, my son, Jesus Christ, on the cross so that you can be restored back in that personal relationship with me. You're purchased with a great price. He says, it is well to know, as certainly as David did, that we belong to the Lord. There is a noble tone of confidence about this sentence. There is no if, nor but, nor even I hope so. But he says, the Lord is my shepherd. And my goal here today is that you would walk out with a confidence knowing that even though the world may reject you, that God will never reject you. Even though the the people in this life may not come through for you, there is a God that will always be there with you. That no matter how abandoned you think, think you are, that there is a God that is right there with you every single step of the way. He will never leave you or forsake you. He is a good shepherd. Now, if God is a good shepherd, you know what he does? He compares us to sheep. We got a little sheep here. I mean, isn't this sheep cute? Come on, somebody. Isn't this adorable? I mean, like I had, I had somebody that wanted to name him Lamb Chop last night. Can you believe that? That's Saturday Night Crew. They need to get saved, don't they? I don't know what's up, but uh, God actually compares us to sheep. In fact... Over 200 times in scripture, the people of God are referred to as sheep. Now, what's interesting about that is, is, is sheep are not the most intelligent animals on the planet. In fact, sheep are, might be the dumbest animal on the planet. And yet, it is the thing that God compares us to. I mean, the only thing worse that God could have compared us to would be cats. Cats. Come on, somebody online. You know that that's true right there. That's a that's a hundred percent true statement. (laughs) But sheep are not the sharpest things on the planet. And so he compares us to sheep, and there are some tendencies that sheep have that are in correlation with what we do in our life. In fact, let me, let me illustrate to you how intelligent sheep are. Uh, check out this video of a YouTube clip that came out a couple weeks ago. Here's this, there's this sheep, he's stuck, so a shepherd is, is pulling him out of this, this hole. Man, this guy is a good shepherd. He pulls him out, the sheep, man, just takes off. He's so happy, and he, woo, right back in. Some of y'all are like, that is the story of my life. It feels like every time I get out, I get right back in, because we're sheep and so there are some tendencies that we have and if you're taking notes today number 1 is this as sheep we are prone to wander man we're just we're prone to wander but and you might not realize this but sheep are not very good at directions they don't they don't have any idea of really where they're going they have no idea of where the destination is they will just they will just go along and go wherever they want to go they have a tendency to wander off in fact if you see Sheep, they're constantly put in flocks because they will just follow one another wherever one of them goes. And so if one of them goes off, all of a sudden the next one will follow and follow and follow. In fact, I was reading this story about these shepherds in Turkey. They were out taking care of sheep. There were four of them. Uh, they, there were a ton of sheep that they were taking care of. And they decided, man, we're gonna go into town and we're gonna get some lunch and we're gonna leave the sheep out here by themselves. They're like, they won't get in trouble. They'll be fine. They go into town. They, they eat some lunch. They have a couple of drinks. They forget about the sheep. While they were gone, uh, one of the sheep is walking along and just starts to wander off by himself. And as he's walking along, he falls off a cliff. Another sheep goes, oh man, what's going on over there? And he follows that sheep and he falls right off the cliff. Another one goes, oh man, where'd those guys go? And he goes and follows, falls off the cliff. All in all, 1,500 sheep no. fell off the cliff. In fact, here's, here's the article right here. Turkish sheep die in mass jump. 400 of the sheep died. 1,100 of them were saved because they, they fell on the dead bodies of the ones before and lived. It says it cost the the shepherds about $72,000 in losses. And and here's what I know. Just like sheep, the Bible says we all, like sheep, have gone astray. And each of us have turned our own way. And here's what we do. We go. Oh, man, look at that girl. Right off the cliff. Let me just comment on that post. Right off the cliff. Let me just go buy another car with a payment. We're right off the cliff. Right? I mean let's be honest. We like we just we just go one after another. Why? Because we're all like sheep. And we've gone astray. And we're prone to wander. But here's what kind of shepherd we have. We have a shepherd who rescues and redirects our life. Man, that is God's nature. That is his MO. It's what he does. He's a rescuer and he's a constant redirector of our life. It's why the Bible says that Jesus said, man, I will leave the 99 to go find the one. One. And so maybe you're out there right now and you feel abandoned and you feel lost. I want you to know that you're not here by accident today. You're not watching by accident online. Like God has been leading you and guiding you to this place. He's trying to get you to this place where you recognize that he is the good shepherd and that he has some good things for your life. And it's time for some of us to realize and recognize what God is trying to do in our life. So many times when when God is guiding us and directing us, being a Christian for 20 years, you know what that feels like? It feels like punishment. Come on, let's be honest, like, I'm, I wanna go this way. And God's like, no, 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 you don't wanna go that way, let's, let's turn this way, let's go this way, you don't wanna go that way. Yeah. But I wanna go that way. Yeah. He's like, but I know that that's not a good way for you. Yeah. Yeah. There's a cliff that you're about to fall off. See, and God's discipline is his way of directing us. Amen. Have you ever noticed that discipline never feels good yeah. in the moment? but you're always thankful for it on the backside. Like in the moment when you're getting punished, I remember as a kid getting spanked, and thank you parents for spanking me, I appreciate that today. I probably needed some more spankings. (laughs) Why, because I hated it in that moment because it was painful, but it directed me for the rest of my life into things that were not painful. And here's what I know about God is God is not disciplining you because he doesn't like you. God is disciplining you to get you to the destiny that he knows is within you. And if he continues to let us go down our own path, we'll end up in destruction. So as sheep, we are prone to wander. Number two, as sheep, we are constantly attacked. I don't know if you realize this or not, but uh, if you've ever watched like National Geographic, how, how like animals attack and stuff or how like, you know, like any, like the Battle of Kruger, you, you, you never see a sheep versus anything in any of those videos. Why? Because a sheep will always lose. Like a sheep has no defense system. Like what is a sheep gonna do? Bah at you, bah. Like that's very scary. He's gonna like buck up on you You've never seen a sheep like up like this. Like I'm gonna kick you. Like they just don't, they're, they're a defenseless animals. Like, and they're prone to get attacked, kind of like us. So while the Bible says in 1 Peter 5, 8, be alert and of sober mind, your enemy, and you need to know this, you have an enemy. It says the devil, he prowls around like a roaring lion looking for somebody to devour. You know what his favorite meal is? Sheep. He's looking for that. And you have an enemy in your life, Coastal, and it's not, it's not an enemy that because you're weak or and you have so many so many bad habits. You have an enemy that is out there not trying to hold you to your past, but keep you from your potential of your future. He knows that he has got to attack you to keep you from everything that God has for your life. And so we have something that's out there that is targeting our life. And the enemy knows that, man, if we make it through whatever we're going through right here, right now, we're going to be stronger. We're going to be more steadfast. We're going have more faith than we've ever had in our lives. so what do we do we have to remember the fact that we have a good shepherd because we have a good shepherd i have a shepherd who is constantly protecting me he's protecting me see when the enemy comes and he attacks me i have a shepherd who takes on a personal responsibility to protect me in that moment I learned this in high school. You know, when I was in high school, uh, I I had one scenario in life where I learned about protection and having somebody's back. I was at a a, a nightclub with one of my best friends in high school. We went there to go try to pick up girls like every high school student does. And and my friend that I was with, he was a player. Like he he had game back in the day. And so we're in this club. He starts dancing with a girl that we know has a boyfriend. This is not a good idea. The boyfriend is from a rival school of ours who is like the middle linebacker of their football team. This kid is not a big kid. He weighs 150 pounds soaking wet. Like, it's not a good idea. So he's dancing with this girl and this boyfriend shows up to the club and recognizes and realizes this guy is dancing with his girlfriend. So in high school, when there's a fight to go down, everybody crowds around. You know what I'm saying? Everybody remembers that. Everybody to make the big circle. And so this guy's getting ready to, to crush my boy, Jake. And so he's like, he's got his fist balled and, and it's about to go down. And I'm standing next to this guy. This guy does not know... I'm with Jake. Jake, Jake goes, gives me the international knob. This guy rears back and I just clock him from the side. This dude falls instantaneously, knocked out. Like I wanted to run up and go, you got knocked out, you know, but I didn't. I grabbed Jake and we ran. Why? Because Jake had somebody that protected him and you have a God that when you're about to get attacked, he is right there ready to just whack the enemy across the face so that you can escape that moment because I have a shepherd who protects me. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd and the, as the good shepherd, he will lay down his life for his sheep. It's what a good shepherd does. So if you feel like you're being attacked, just lean to the fact that you have a good shepherd who's right there with you and he is protecting you. And number three, as sheep, we need continual care. We need continual care. Because if you let a sheep go long enough, here are just the facts. This nice wool coat will turn mangly. And not only that, but... It will get caught in things, and because it's so mangly, it will cover their eyes. They already have poor eyesight as it is. That's why the Bible constantly talks about the sheep know my voice. Why? Because they can't see the shepherd. They can only hear the shepherd. That's going to be important for it a couple of weeks from now. That's some land yap. That's a little something extra for you today. See, some of y'all are like, I can't see God. You don't need to see God. You just need to hear God. Some of you guys are looking for God instead of listening for God. And God is trying to care for you right now, but you're not paying any attention. You're you're getting wool out. And if you let the sheep go long enough, like this sheep, by itself, it will die. It's not meant to do life alone. Sheep only survive under the care of a shepherd. It's just facts. The level that you thrive as a sheep depends on the quality and care of the shepherd that you have. And so, if you're not thriving in life, I would submit to you that you're probably not under a shepherd. In fact, I would say you've probably made yourself your shepherd. And you're wondering, why am I struggling? Why am I going through these things? Because the quality of your care is dependent on the quality of your shepherd. And a lot of us think, well, well, the the government will shepherd me. They're not good shepherds. (laughs) My friends and my family, that's all I need. They can't give you what you need. I can't even shepherd myself well. And I know exactly what I want and what I need. There's only one shepherd that is good enough to take care of his sheep. That's why in Psalms 23:1 it says, "The Lord is my shepherd." And then he goes on and hears the response of God by being that shepherd, it says, "I lack nothing. Nothing." The quality of the sheep being taken care of is sufficient because of the shepherd. And our shepherd says, man, I will take care of you and I will supply all of your needs according to my riches and my glory. See, we have a good shepherd and we have a good shepherd that, so, who provides all of our needs. Like every single One of them. And I don't know what your struggle is here today, where you feel like you are lacking in life in this moment. But I want to remind you that you have a good shepherd. A shepherd that says, man, I want to provide all of your needs. Notice I did not say wants. It's a big difference between wants and needs. He says, man, I will take care of all of your needs and I want you to remember the context of this. David writes these words in the lowest point of his life. And the reason I say that is because I know that some of you, right now, you are at one of the lowest points of your life. Maybe you're sitting there at home right now and you're in this low point. You're, you drank yourself to sleep last night. You, 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 you were alone last night and you're like, man, I, I never thought I would be in this position. And you are in a struggle and you don't know what the future holds. You don't know what tomorrow has. You can literally sit right there, right here, in this service, right there on your couch at home. And you can, while you're in the midst of that struggle, experience a peace. That surpasses all understanding just like David did because you have a shepherd who will supply all of your needs. He says, I lack nothing. And what that's speaking to right there is it's speaking to this word called contentment. And here's what's happened and here's what I've learned. And I've learned this from my son, Alexander. Alexander he's with us last weekend and we'll go for a walk and in a stroller we'll put a whole bunch of cheerios in there and, and he'll eat all of the cheerios and at the end of the end of eating all the cheerios like he isn't worried that there is an empty tray of cheerios any longer what he does is he turns and he goes more please pop up more, please. Because he has realized that his hope for Cheerios is not in the box of Cheerios, it's in the source of the Cheerios. See, contentment comes not from what you have, but from whom you have. And some of us, man, we When we sit there and go, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I don't know what's going to happen in the future. I don't don't know what's going to happen. That's okay. Because my contentment and my source is not in the future. He's right there with me. He is my shepherd who will never leave me or forsake me. And, And I have a shepherd that is right there with me that provides no matter what the circumstances are. Right then, in that moment, he will comfort me. He will guide me. He will protect me. He will lead me every single day. So I don't have to worry. I read this this week and I put it in your notes. Worry is dealing with tomorrow's problem with today's pasture. You know what that tells me? There's people that are worried about tomorrow with food in their belly today. Like you're completely full today and you're worried about where am I going to get my meal tomorrow? No, no, no. Don't do that. You've got the whom with you. Enjoy today's pasture. Enjoy today's life. Enjoy what God has given you today. And we'll worry about tomorrow when it comes because we have a good shepherd. And because we have a good shepherd, I will lack nothing. Would you guys bow your heads and pray with me this morning? God, I just pray for every man and every woman and every student in here, God, that they would experience the overwhelming peace of God that only comes from the good shepherd. God, we just thank you for providing in so many ways. So many times we're so focused on the future that we forget about all the benefits that you've provided for us today. God, we, we thank you that our bills are paid. God, we thank you that you've come through. God, we thank you for how you've broke through in that area. God, we don't, we don't, just, we don't just walk around without gratitude. God, today we are so thankful that you are a good shepherd. God, would we continue to put our hope and our trust in you? And when times are uncertain, God, would we remember that you are my shepherd? And because of that, I lack nothing. But maybe you're sitting there, maybe you're sitting there at home, or maybe you're sitting here in this room today and you go, you know what, Pastor T.J.? I don't have that peace that you're talking about, that peace that surpasses all understanding. I've got more worry and I've got more fear and I've got more doubt in my life than I've ever had before. And maybe that's because you don't have the good shepherd leading your life. Let me tell you how good of a shepherd he was. He saw you in your lostness. He saw you in your brokenness. He saw you in your despair and said, man, I've got to create a way where there is no way for them to be established back in relationship with me. And he sacrificed the greatest sheep there was his son, Jesus Christ, so that you could be restored back into relationship so that you could experience hope, that you could experience peace, that you could experience forgiveness, that you could experience life here today. And maybe you need to experience that for the first time or the first time in a long time, whether you're watching online or you're right here in this room. If that's you with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you just slip your hand up at the count of three, I'd love to pray with you. This this simple yet profound prayer that will change everything. On the count of three, if you just slip it up, one, two, three. Go ahead and slip those hands up. Yes, sir, I see you. Thank you, one. Anybody else? If you're online, just go ahead and put your hand emoji up. Somebody will be there to pray with you. And if you just pray this prayer in your heart as I pray it out loud, say, God, thank you so much for sending the ultimate gift, your son, Jesus Christ, to pay the death that I deserve with his life on the cross going down to grave and defeating death, hell in the grave. He rose three days later so that I could experience life and have it more abundantly. God, forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. Lead God and direct me all the days of my life. God, I, I submit my life to you and I ask you to be my good shepherd. Fill my life with your love, your joy, your peace, your patience, your kindness, your goodness, all the days of my life. It's in Jesus' name that I pray, amen.